0: and now race fans it's time for those most famous words in motorsports here to give the command please welcome your grand marshal country music sensation dirks bentley gentlemen start your
1: engines
0: welcome back it is the up to speed podcast tyler head and dalton Molinac's first show of 2024. As we sit here on Friday night, February the 2nd, we are on the eve of NASCAR finally making its return, sort of tomorrow. You're going to have some practice and some heat races, actually, for the uh, Clash of the Coliseum, and then things get really get kicked off on Sunday night with the official Clash of the Coliseum. Um, I'm just, I I can't decide if this offseason has been long or short. It feels like a little bit of both, um, but I'm glad we finally come to the end of it.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny because, like, it feels like when you when you leave the track and – in phoenix at the end of the year you're like oh my gosh february's forever away it's gonna you know it'll be light years before it ever gets here And the next thing you know it's like holy heck we go to daytona in two weeks
0: yeah well and you know with the way the schedule is this year you do have the two-week olympic break but i mean really you hit the ground running for the entire season there's really no off time between you know the start of the season and um and phoenix which is good in a way you do feel for the people obviously in the sport that don't get a ton of off time but um yeah, I don't know. I'm just I I I'm always excited for a new season to start, but there's just something different about this year that I just can't really like put my finger on. Yeah.
1: You know, and it, it's so it's one of those things. It's like there's just it's year 3 of the of the Next Gen car. It's mm-hmm. you're going to different venues this year. You're returning to venues for the second time and um there's just a lot of optimism within NASCAR right now, you know, and um I I think it's just one of those that, I mean, I feel like, I feel, I feel the same. I do every off season. Like usually like with the calendar turns to January 1st, I'm like, okay, about six weeks to go. Yep. Um, And I, you know, it's just from there. It's like, like you said, it's, it's all the way to to Phoenix in
0: November. Yep. Absolutely. And you know, we had a, I'd say a pretty exciting playoffs last year and I know you and I both have our Thoughts on how maybe the championship could be a little bit different, but Ryan Blaney walked away as a champion. I don't think anybody saw that coming necessarily, but, you know, kind of similarly to the year before with Joey Logano, I think that really proves that you really don't know who can win this thing until the very end. And, you know, we looked at a team like Penske that really struggled for most of the season. I mean, Blaney won the Coke 600 and, you know, got a couple wins in the playoffs, but other than that, we never really penciled them in as a championship contender, much like Logano the year before, um, but, you know, the right place at the right time get that final four and have the one good race. You can walk away as champion. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing, too, is like, you know, if you it's so I just
1: got finished. They actually watching the the Netflix series.
0: Oh, you finished the whole thing? Finished it. Have you finished it? I'm about halfway through.
1: So it's like it's so I won't, I won't ruin it too much for I me. Mean, obviously, you, know, well, what you know what happens. Um, But it's like it's interesting watching that final episode. Mm-hmm. The amount of confidence Blaney had going into championship and it's like, it's so funny. Like, and it, it hats off to Netflix. They did a, this exceeded my expectations for sure. It and, really, and, and it's just like, but to see kind of the 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 confidence Blaine had. Basically, he was like, "Yeah, we've been running well the past four weeks. They have it. This is ours to lose."
0: Yeah, and I mean, rightfully so. And obviously went out there and won the championship. But the documentary as a whole, yep, for what I've seen so far, absolutely out of the park. Great job by Netflix. It. um It it accomplished what I was hoping the race for the championship series on USA a couple years ago was going to accomplish, but it just does it much more seamlessly. Like I, I felt like the race for the championship was very forced in what they were trying to tell you. And one thing that like this is really weird, but it sticks out to me from that thing when they were kind of introducing you to drivers. Mamba Smith was talking about Ryan Blaney, and he said if if NASCAR has a version of a rock star, it's Ryan Blaney, and I was like. That's not true. Ryan Blaney doesn't have the crossover appeal of a, of a Chase Elliott or a Bubba Wallace or even yeah. a Kyle Larson. Like he's not very well known outside of NASCAR circles. Okay, he gets invited to the Star Wars premiere, but who gives a crap? You know what I mean? Like I felt like they were trying to tell us things that weren't true, and that real NASCAR fans look at that and say, "What the heck?" I mean, it ended up being okay overall, but this series really brings you into their lives tells you the story of the drama of what's going on but also and i love marty smith the the p- parts of marty smith where he's telling you what they're doing on the racetrack and when he was describing how you race around darlington and the darlington stripe and the, these guys are maniacs but they're good at what they do and like that's what people being introduced to the sport need to know because people go into it like oh, it's guys driving around in circles who cares was like oh man that is dangerous and that does look really hard oh my god look at the things they're doing out on the track like if this is going to accomplish what drive to survive did for formula one, then that's the kind of stories we need to be telling.
1: Yeah. And one of the, you know, look, we're both diehard fans. We, we follow the sport religiously. So, you know, one of the things I was reminded of though, mm-hmm. is just crazy. These dudes are, mm-hmm. you know, I think you forget. And again, um, mm-hmm. and that is just, again, I love Marty Smith too. And I think he just, he has a way with words and, you know just it was really just got me hyped up and right. but it but it was it's just like you you get to see everything I mean I don't know what episode it was but at one point in time Denny Hamlin who was a major focus of it um I don't I, I don't know who I thought they were gonna focus on but it wasn't him I didn't mm-hmm. have him um I see Denny Hamlin completely differently now for sure it's <laughs> <This>, like <laughs> well, mm-hmm. hold on you know and it's like um, I don't know they did an exceptional job and um, it, it really really was well done
0: yeah absolutely and you know I don't know if you I know this is kind of before you really got into it but there used to be a show about 20 years ago called NASCAR NASCAR drivers 360 it was on FX um, 2004 2005 you can find old videos on YouTube um, but it kind of it really leaned more into the like off the track lifestyle of the drivers and like you know, didn't focus as much on the drama and the races and stuff like that. But what I liked about that show with focusing on what they do outside of the track is what Netflix did a good job of, as well as really focusing on the story being told over the 10 weeks of the playoffs. And like, again, you know, you can love or hate the playoffs, but when you're talking about compelling television, the cuts, the eliminations, the drama, it's perfect for something like this. Yeah,
1: well, and that was, like, when they first announced they were going to do this, and they only said, well, we're only going to follow them for the final 10 races. I'm like, this is stupid. Right. You don't get the full, you know, schedule, the drama, blah, blah, blah. But they did a good job of weaving in it. it was almost like they set it up by summarizing this the regular season in like, the mm-hmm. first five minutes of it. Right. And then they picked it up with, yeah, here we go into the first race of the playoffs, and, you know, X, Y, and Z is gonna happen. It just it was again, it, it was done really well. And, you know, I think that it I mean, it was obviously had a huge success on Netflix the other day. I think it was like yeah. the top three um mm-hmm. uh, one of the top three shows trending or whatever. I mean, yeah. and that's what we've said for a long time. It's like, look, as many eyeballs as you can get on NASCAR. And um, I will say a little forewarning, you know, as we go into the clash this weekend, like what's the one of the things I thought about was the bummers, like. I feel and this happens with NASCAR all the time, I feel like, but like you've got this upward trajectory, people are excited about NASCAR, it's start this and then old Mother Nature Mm -hmm. comes in and says, literally rains on the parade. And you're just like, dang it, (laughs) we can't
0: things. It just always seems to work out that way, unfortunately. Fingers crossed that things end up turning out okay and you know, everything can go on as scheduled so for those people that may be tuning in for the first time they you know don't have to wait around a rain delay and lose interest or whatever but you know just kind of gauging the interest on twitter and reddit and other places there's a lot of people that have literally said hey i didn't know anything about nascar and i watched this and now i'm interested you know when's the next race right. you know, t- tell me tell me more about this so that's accomplishing the goal now again is it going to suddenly mean 10 million people are watching every race probably not um, but if you can uptick, you know, your viewership a little bit, get more people interested and you know, the old classic case, one person tells somebody else and tell somebody else, who knows where you can be even a couple of years, if you make this a regular thing, which I'm assuming this deal with Netflix is going to, you know, encapsulate the next couple of years of the playoffs. But, you know, you always wonder, like, when people say, hey, I've never watched NASCAR before, what do I need to do? Or what do I need to learn about it, you can just show them this be like, go home watch these episodes. You'll learn everything you need to know. You'll learn about all these different drivers and you'll be ready to go for the start of the season. Like that is the perfect package to get somebody hooked on the sport. Yeah.
1: Well, and and that's the thing is like, you know, there's a lot of people that when they think NASCAR, they think of Talladega nights, Mm -hmm. 100% that's what they think of, you know? And it's like, that's so far from the truth of what the sport really is. But, but one of the things that Netflix I thought did a good job on too was give me five episodes that are short. Sure. I don't need I don't need an episode for each race. There's not that much drama that goes
0: on. Right. You know, well, and and with the drama that did happen, and this is I I honestly could not get into drives to survive with F1. Yeah. Um, And like I, I watched the races. I knew what happened. They really forced a lot of stuff on that show. They created scenarios and situations that like over dramatize certain things that happens. But if you watch the race, you're like, it didn't really happen that way. So with this, full speed series like the stuff they're showing and talking about is legit and you know you got the communication with the drivers and their teams and you know um the the meetings during the week and them you know just over the process of a race and all that kind of stuff like everything's legit and everything's real and um again that's the best endorsement for nascars that you're giving them something quality to watch um And again, giving a glimpse into these guys' lives, because that's the biggest knock that people say about, "Ah, I hadn't watched in 20 years, and these drivers are cardboard cutouts, and they ain't got no personality. Well, here's your glimpse behind the curtain at them. And yes, they're not Dale Earnhardt necessarily, but these guys have interesting lives, and there are things about them off the track that are interesting too. Um, So again, hopefully this does a lot of positive things for the sport, but hats off to Netflix. Yeah, for real. So as we do roll into this weekend, the third time of the Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum, it's one of those things, you know, two years ago when we did it for the first time, it's like, first of all, how are they going to pull this off? They're going to put a racetrack inside of a football stadium. What? Like, cool, a lot of hype, a lot of buzz. We did it. It ended up being fine. Year number two. All right, we're doing it again. That's fine, too. Year number three, it just kind of falls into what a lot of new events, because here's the thing. NASCAR is anchored on its big events that have been around for a long time. Daytona 500, Coke 600, Southern 500, Bristol night race. We're finally getting the return of the brickyard. When you introduce these new things like, like a Bristol dirt, um, like the Chicago street race, they eventually run their course where they just feel like another race. They're never going to appeal to that upper echelon of crown jewels within the sport. And you have to understand that going in. So year three of the clash of the Coliseum, and we saw the crowd was a little bit lighter last year, than it was the year before and i would expect maybe even a little bit lighter this year like it just feels like another race at this point in time and the possibility that you showed with putting a racetrack inside of a place that didn't have a racetrack beforehand opens your door to so many other opportunities i hope and i think it was a three-year contract with la i think this is the last time they're probably going to do it i really hope they explore other avenues going forward because this can take you in a lot of different places yeah.
1: Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head there. It's for me anyways, it's like, I'll watch it. Sure. Okay. I love NASCAR. I don't care where they race. I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same point, I'm not, I'm nowhere near excited. And, and that's the thing too. I think that, you know, a lot of NASCAR fans like that watch every week kind of forget to, this is not meant for us. It's not, you know, this is an exhibition for, you know, Susie Q that lives in Los Angeles, her and her boyfriend go to the race, and now they're NASCAR fans. You You know,
0: you tell me we don't need a Machine Gun Kelly uh, concert in the middle of every race? Probably not.
1: Probably not. You know what? Next month or later this month, I guess I should say, when I take my 82 year old grandfather to the Atlanta race, I don't think Machine Gun Kelly really moves the needle for him. Does he know who Machine Gun Kelly is? Probably not. I would hope not, but, but that's the thing is, you know, in, in and I think you wear it. I mean, like th- there was, I was so against the Chicago street course, right? It was uber successful, you yeah. know, say what you want to, you had, you had, you know, millennials, Gen Z, all of them are talking about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That That's what I would be interested to see. And um, I saw this idea floated on Twitter the other day, in it was like you know why don't you run like a street course in charlotte you know that so you're you're right at home
0: Yep.
1: right in your back because that's like i mentioned the the weather the, the weather sucks this weekend you know saturday mm-hmm. we should be okay you know we may see a few showers late right sunday probably gonna be a washout monday's gonna be a washout i mean like this is <laughs> I, I thought this little note at work today yeah this, gonna be the wettest seven-day stretch in nearly fifteen years, and it's like it just happens to be the weekend that NASCAR is there.
0: Never fails, you know? man. Never and fails.
1: It, and I just I feel bad for the teams, the crew members, everybody who drove three thousand miles out there,
0: right? You know, flew
1: out there, and then it's like you may not do anything other than practice,
0: right? And that is another thing about this event that. You know, in this age of NASCAR, and they made rule changes this offseason with backup cars and other things like that, they're trying so hard to save teams money. But we have this event where you literally drive to the other coast. You know how long, mileage-wise, the main event Sunday night is? It's, it's what, 100 miles? 100-something miles? miles. Wait, seriously? 150 laps around that little track is 37 miles. Oh, my gosh. And and, and then there there are going to be teams that go out there and don't make – the, the yeah. feature they're going to get eliminated on saturday night and have to pack up and you know drive back across the country so like again i understand you're trying to get to people that don't otherwise watch nascar races and look i've seen the feedback there's been a lot of people said hey i didn't know anything about it i went and watched now i'm watching every single week that that's fantastic and hopefully yeah. you continue to do that um you know however long you keep going out there but i do find it a little bit hypocritical they're like guys we don't want you to spend any more money but Go run 40 miles on the other side of the country, you know, in this exhibition race.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing is, like, again, like, you know, I'm not saying that they need to abandon the. I mean, there's the people that say that they should just abandon the clash completely. I'm not quite there. No, but but I also don't think we should be driving to Los Angeles. And it, it just, I guess I'm just pessimistic now because of the weather. Like, sure, you know, sure. I've been looking at it. I tweeted out some stuff earlier today, and it's just like, it's just a bummer because, right. like at the end of the day, like, I wish we could be sunny in 75 and everybody right. loves, you know, every, the race goes well and everybody's talking about it. But that's just, I mean, not only is it going to be raining, it, there's a chance for this to be like catastrophic flooding.
0: Yeah. You know, and Dangerous. And-
1: That's dangerous at this point.
0: Right. And then you're talking about pushing it later into the week. And obviously teams got to get back to Charlotte because they got to get stuff ready for Daytona a week later. Like there's a lot of logistics that can go very sideways with this. And I'm 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 traditional on some things. I'm open minded on other things like I loved the clash being at Daytona. Like yep. that to me is nostalgia watching the Budweiser shootout, the Sprint Unlimited, whatever we call it. That was the great way to start the season. It was started speed weeks, went right into Daytona 500 qualifying. And if there was a way to bring it back to Daytona, maybe you run it on a Monday night and it's 30 or 20 laps. Like, I don't care. Like I'd be fine with that, but I I understand what they're trying to do with taking it different places. And they floated out the idea, maybe taking it to Mexico next year or something like that. Um, you know, there's a lot of possibilities out there, but I do think it's good to have an exhibition type of event. To start the season, and again, kind of, in, if nothing else, introduce you to new drivers in new places, and you know what the storylines going in the season are. That yeah. way, we're not, especially with the way they structure things now, where the first time you're seeing something is cars going on track for Daytona Five Hundred qualifying. Like that, just feels weird. I feel like we need something right. before that, which is what the class accomplishes. um Hopefully, we'll get to see it sometime in the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean,
1: and hopefully, I mean, in. in- I hope that the forecast completely bust and, and yeah. we're here next week talking about an amazing Sunday night of racing, you know, just we'll yeah. see. That's yeah. the thing you're out there and, and they could run in rain
0: tires. They can't, that, that is a possibility. Um, now they won't run a torrential downpour. They learned their lesson at Coda a couple of years back on that one, but yeah, if it stops raining, then theoretically they could um, race in wet conditions, but we'll see what they decide to do. And, and you know, NASCAR is obviously trying to satisfy the Southern California market, which is important. There's race fans there. And from what I've read about auto club speedway, if short track happens, it's going to be a while. Like, I don't think we're going to be there in 2025, maybe not even 2026. So I understand NASCAR trying to find something in that area. Um, Again, I don't know if you, if you don't run at the Coliseum, I don't know what else you can do. I mean, I think Irwindale is still in operation, but it's not big enough to hold, you know, a full fledged cup race or anything like that. So um, I'm I'm not sure what the powers that we are going to do after this year.
1: Yeah, it's a hard. I mean, it's a hard decision. It's a hard yeah,
0: decision. Absolutely. And, and again, I, I appreciate NASCAR for their open-mindedness and, and trying new things. Look, not everything's going to work. I think we agreed the Bristol dirt race ran its course and okay. we're happily going back to the concrete this year, which will hopefully be met with a good crowd and, and good reception and hopefully good weather on that. Cause boy, the weather doesn't like Bristol in the spring either. Um, But you know, at this point, nothing would surprise me w- with what we've seen over the past couple of years and the new ideas and innovations NASCAR's come up with whatever they decide to do with the Clash next year. I'm not going to sit here and be shocked by anything really. Right. Um, speaking of the clash, uh, the new short track package is coming this year. This has been the loan issue that has plagued the next gen car mm-hmm. for the past two seasons where the racing on intermediates, which under, the Gen Six car struggled, especially once you got into the 550 package and all that kind of stuff. It's been great; it's fantastic. We go to Charlotte, we go to Kansas, all these places. Every race has been good, and even the the races that weren't good were still pretty decent. Um, but when you, we go to Brent Martinsville, when we go to Phoenix, when we go to Sonoma, when we go to Watkins Glen, like you just get to the point where you're just not excited about it because it's like I know what I'm about to see. Now, I will say, at the end of last season, like martinsville they did some things with the tires that made it a little bit better There is some optimism there i know you are you and i and many other people were pushing for horsepower to be increased that didn't happen instead they have taken the uh, spoiler up an inch they've moved some things off of the diffuser as well so the diffuser they'd already taken a few of the strakes off the back of it and took even more off of it again to change the downforce a little bit and they're also experimenting with a little bit of a softer tire like we saw at the end of last season And fingers crossed it works. That's all I can say.
1: Yeah. And look, I, you know, I'm glad they're trying something, you know, but it's just, again, me, you, drivers, owners, everybody else is just like, give us some horsepower. Yeah. And, um, that's clearly not in the fold right now. Will it be, you know, if, if this, if this short track package doesn't work like they want it to, maybe, I mean, that's, but that's, again, like the ultimate last resort for them.
0: Probably so. And I know O'Donnell even alluded to it, you know, in the state of the sport at Phoenix that when he was asked about it, saying, hey, that's on the table. But like you said, I think it's a last-ditch effort. Like, hey, we've literally tried everything. Nothing else is working. We'll bite the bullet. We'll give in and we'll see what happens. Um, and and as, as time has gone on, you know, they told us so long ago that, oh, it would take – a year to get the parts and pieces to make this happen. But a lot of people have come forward, smart people within the, within the sport. Like now nah, we could like do it tomorrow. It'd yeah. be fun. So it's yeah. like, Hmm. Okay.
1: And for me, that's the most frustrating thing. Cause, um, Denny Hamlin's podcast, you know, he, he talked about the cost of being an owner and, and that hmm. came up one week about, you know, is it going to cost you more to make the, a higher horsepower engine? He's like, no, engine bill is not going to change
0: right yeah and that's frustrating as well because again you know nascar tells us hey we're doing this saving money we're trying to save money it's like you're spending the same amount you're literally building the same type of engine that you know you were building 10 years ago you just aren't getting as much power out of it because of the tapered spacer um and, and it's really interesting so nascar this weekend as well is supposed to debut the electric vehicle that got leaked last year that you know somebody probably got in a lot of trouble over. Um, it's going to make its debut just kind of like as a promotional thing. But I thought it was interesting w- when they announced this, you know, they were very clear that there are no plans to jump into the EV thing, go you know, for like replacing the Xfinity series anything like that. It's kind of like setting up like, Hey, if Detroit ever goes full electric or hydrogen or whatever it may be, we're going to be ready for it, but we're committed to running internal combustion engines for the foreseeable future. So that, to me, is very interesting because I think we all looked at, you know, like a hybrid aspect maybe coming in a couple of years with a new engine that maybe could play with some horsepower, but it seems like that's probably a long way off. So we're still yeah. working with what we've been working with for so long, which, again, if you want to change something, you have the opportunity to do it. Um, we'll see what these changes to the short track package do this year, though. Yeah, and this thing is, it's no matter
1: what happens this weekend, you, you can't take anything from it. Yeah. Um uh, and it'll be a few weeks before we can, you know, see it on, in action on track. But, um, you know, it, it just maybe it's better. Maybe, the, maybe they figured out, something with, like you said, the new, the, the changes you just told us about. And then, um, you know, we'll see if, if what needs to happen going forward.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm just kind of looking at the schedule here. You go to um, Phoenix early in the season. And, and again, Phoenix, even though it's a championship race, I don't know if you can gleam a ton from that with the short track package because Phoenix doesn't always produce the greatest racing anyway. Bristol's not going to run the updated package. They're going to run the same thing they've run the past couple of years. So I guess, and this is a new thing we're going to have to get used to on the schedule, Richmond on Easter Sunday, I guess will be like the first true time we get to see this in action. Um, That'll be at night too. So I don't know how that's going to affect it. But um, then you get Martinsville the next week after that. So those should be two pretty good litmus tests on you know if anything's really changed with this or not.
1: Yeah, and then, then you go from there.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And we'll see what it does on road courses as well. But uh, again, it's just, it's frustrating that we've had to go through two years of this where it's like, man, the one thing that wasn't good has now become good. And the two things that were great have now become meh. And fingers crossed it changes this year. Yeah. Um, One other pretty significant thing that happened over the course of the offseason, we knew this was coming very soon, but the new media rights deal for 2025 and beyond did get signed you still have fox and nbc sports on the respective beginning and end of the season but the new quirk here is nascar getting in on streaming prime video going to be showing five races of course of the summer you're also going to have a couple races on tnt as well so all in all you're basically splitting up the coverage of these races across four different types of networks and then again one of them being amazon prime which is exclusively streaming um I, you know, this is gonna be one of those things. Like, obviously, streaming is the the way of the future when it comes to it comes to television and stuff like that. I just, I, I'm afraid of taking races off of regular television for a couple weeks and maybe losing a lot of casual interest when it comes back on regular TV after a month or so. Yeah,
1: you know, it's funny, I was reading an article a few months ago um, about um, streaming and and. A lot of people said it's the way of the future. It's the way of the future. But there's some people that think that. I don't know. It's because the, the pendulum is going to swing back to cable at some point in time. And I don't know. Right. I don't know. Um, but, it's, but, you know, what's interesting with NASCAR is a lot of their fan base is older. Okay. Right. And, you know, they're trying to get in with that young crowd. And Gen Z, millennials, they're the ones that are on streaming devices. So, like. Um, you know, when we go to prime video next year, no issue for me, I know how to do it. Right. Bring back to my 82 year old grandfather. He's not going to know how to get Amazon prime on his prime video to put on his TV. Right. You know, so it's, um, so I I get it. And, And it seems like from, you know, outside looking in NASCAR got a really good deal.
0: Yeah, and at the end of the day, the money is the most important thing, and especially when you're talking about the the new charter negotiations and stuff like that. Like this, theoretically, is going to put more money in teams' pockets. Which again, when NASCAR's talked about saving teams' money, like hey, you're getting more money from from TV. That'll hopefully help the sport um, as a whole. And and again, you still get the majority of races split between Fox and NBC, and and we're no stranger to having different you know networks covered in the summer. They have the TNT Summer Series for the longest time that. Um, you know, ended right at 10 years ago. So it's just going to be different. Um, And and streaming numbers don't always get released. Uh, Amazon Prime can keep those things private. Um, I'd be very interested to know, because I'm pretty sure the Coke 600 is going to be on Amazon Prime. Um, Because each iteration of this kind of has a big, big event. So Fox obviously has the Daytona 500, the All-Star Race as well. I'm pretty sure Amazon Prime has the Coke 600, TNT will have the Brickyard 400, and then NBC gets the Southern 500 in the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. Um, So I'd be very interested to see how a Crown Jewel event does on streaming only.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that and then you factor in that, you know, the Xfinity series is going to be on the CW. You know, one of the first things that came to my mind was how many different announcers are we going to have?
0: yeah that's the thing too now and now one thing about the, the amazon prime is outside of the 500 the clash and the all-star race all practice and qualifying is going to be on amazon prime over the course of the entire season um or the the first half of the season and then it'll be on um, the turner networks for the latter half of the season because obviously there's no nbc sports network anymore um it, i i wonder with that because you have new tv partners paying a lot of money will there be a push for more on track time because we've been doing this thing the past couple of years, though, you know, we have 20 minutes of practice that rolls right into qualifying. Like, well, these networks say, Hey, like, let's get an hour session in here and have qualifying be separate. Like I think we'd all welcome something like that just to give us more content over the course of the weekend. But, um, cause we know TV at the end of the day does control a lot of that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. We'll see. But, um, last year of the current deal t- split between Fox and NBC, um, and then uh, as many other things have changed over the past couple of years on into the future in 2025 and beyond. Um, yeah. I, I do think the Xfinity series being on one network every single week over the course of the year is going to benefit them greatly. I'll be very interested to see what their ratings look like over the course of the year. Um, and um, you know, hopefully things work out for the cup series as well. Yeah. And FS1 keeps the truck series all year long. And um, I just hope they put, more investment into it. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. We've uh, been very outspoken about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on here as we start to look ahead to things coming up this season. And, you know, we could be here all day previewing things and going team by team. But I'll just ask you the simple question. What is your biggest question this year? It could be about a team. It could be about the schedule. It could be about anything going on with the sport.
1: My biggest question, um, I'll go with the team. I'm very intrigued to see what happens at Stuart Haas Racing.
0: You took mine, <laughs> really. The
1: um, I, I you know it's just you lose Kevin Harvick, and I'm so excited for him to be in the booth, right? Uh, I think he could be an exceptional add to the booth. Um, you know you lose that. I mean, what the elder statesman's now Chase Briscoe.
0: Um, by experience in the Cup Series, yes.
1: I mean, so it's it's one of those. It's it's a young quartet um you know you've got noah gregson in the fold um off of his suspension you add a very talented josh berry um you know we'll we'll see what happens you know that that's the thing is just you feel or you know you could see last year there was real frustration with tony stewart and the way his organization was running right and and fords across the board really outside of like rfk which nobody saw that coming um you know was kind of um it's kind of a question mark yeah they won the they won the championship in all three series and all that fun stuff but um you know it's just it'll be interesting to what if stewart haas has a bounce back this year um i think they've got their drivers capable of winning sure Uh, you know, but who becomes that number one car? I mean, I, I think it's going to be Josh Berry. You know, he's got the best crew chief in the garage and mm-hmm. Roddy Childers. Um, but how long does it take? I know they've been running a lot together this winter. Sure. Uh, how long does it take for them to gel? I mean, you know, Josh Berry's ran cup races. He's ran, he's drove everything at this point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who knows?
0: Yeah. And again, that was going to be my biggest question too. We don't know what the issue was necessarily. And again, in in today's age of NASCAR, everybody has a lot of the same parts and pieces. And especially when we talk about the Ford camp, they're all running basically the same motor. So there's something internal going on there that's not connecting. And I think about when Kevin Harvick left RCR at the end of the 2013 season, and he went out winning. He won a lot of races in 2013, and then that team took a nosedive. And I know Ryan Newman made the championship race in 2014, but we can all be very critical of how that ended up happening. But the team struggled. They went years without winning a race because their best driver, one of the best drivers, probably the second best driver they've ever had behind Dale Earnhardt, was really a glue that held that team together and made it look better than it actually was and these past couple years you know since Harvick won you know all those races back in 2020 and didn't win in 21 and won a couple in 22 and didn't win last year like he was still far outperforming pretty much everybody else on that team and Yeah. yeah Chase was in like the round of eight in 2020 but again weird circumstances kind of led to that too like consistently though they run anywhere from 20th to 25th and losing that veteran presence, not from the fact of just him going out there running on his own, but his knowledge and being able to help out his teammates to any degree is not going to be there anymore. And and I agree with you. I think Josh Berry has the best situation with having a great crew chief in Rodney Childers, but if you're not getting that data and feedback from somebody that's been in the sport for 20-some-odd years, how far does that set you back? Now, you have the caveat that Ford's going to a new body, as is Toyota, and we have no clue what that's going to do. You know, you typically, when you change your body style, you either get really, really good or you get really, really bad. So this could shift everything in the, in another direction. And suddenly they're running up front run, run, front and winning races left and right, but it's just kind of an unknown. And if you told me right now, they're all going to average like a 23rd place finish. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'd be shocked. No. Um, and, you know, maybe they could win on super speedways. I don't know, but um, I, I definitely, they've fallen out of the upper echelon of the cup series, basically. Mm-hmm. So, they used to be in the same conversation with Hendrick and, and Pinsky and Gibbs and all that kind of stuff as, you know, teams that could win every single week and be serious championship threats. They haven't been that for the past couple of years. And yeah. again, losing, I mean, Harvick has like half the wins in all of Stuart Haas history. Losing the best driver the organization's ever seen, I don't expect them to take a step forward.
1: No. No, and, and you know, but again, on the flip side of that, nobody saw RFK doing what they did.
0: That's very yep. fair.
1: Maybe maybe they're the the twenty twenty four version of what RFK did last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And 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 again, with everybody having the same parts and pieces, why did RFK suddenly surge? We don't really know. Again, yeah. that's something internal and a secret that Brad Keselowski's not going to tell us because he doesn't want everybody to catch on to what they're doing. But um, you know, perhaps they can catch that kind of magic. Who knows? But um, you know, I don't have the highest expectations and and maybe Stuart Hustle surprise us. Yeah. Um, breakout drivers, um, obviously have a good, you know, rush of rookies coming up into the cup series. Guys that have been around for a couple of years that could be taking some steps forward or guys that have been around that maybe haven't performed as, as well as you think they should have, who is going to be a breakout driver or who needs to be a breakout driver this year?
1: Okay. Who's going to be, um, and this is, this is a, I feel like a layup. I think it's Ty Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you started seeing him get better by the end of the year last year. I was so impressed with the way he ran Bristol last fall mm-hmm. when, when I was there. Um, he's in great equipment. He's got really good teammates. He's one of the, one of the more skilled younger guys out there as well. Um, and then as for who needs a breakout year, I'll put these two guys in the same category. It's a little different, I think. But... <sighs> He's the personal whipping boy of this podcast, but it's Alex Bowman. Um, Alex Bowman. And Then I'm gonna go with uh, Ryan Priest as well. Gotta kind of put okay. them two guys that have been in the sport for a while. That you know, I know Bowman's had more success than Priest has to this point. Um, you know, Bowman had the health problems last year, but he's constantly been that number four Hendrick car, and maybe Mr. H is fine with that you know, maybe he's fine with it seems to have a really good partnership with ally. Hey, keep, keep a full-time sponsor in the car. You can't complain, you know, Ryan priest though. I just feel like if, if he doesn't perform this year, he's going to be kicked out of the car and it's going to be either Cole Custer's or Riley Herbs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. And you know, he was brought into Stewart House racing because Tony Stewart Believed in his abilities, does not bring a ton of money to the table. And, yeah, when you got a guy waiting in the wings with the terrible Herbst and monster money, that could certainly yep. influence things. And I'll give Riley Herbst credit. He's gotten better. He won the race at Vegas last year. Like, he's he's not as bad as he was a couple of years ago. Right. Um, those are good answers there. In terms of who I think can have a breakout year, I think it's going to be Eric Jones. You look at what he's done in the first two years at formerly petted GMS, now Legacy. He's outperformed in what that equipment should be able to do, and now yeah. they're getting Toyota. Gibbs power again, like dude could be primed. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be in the championship four, but like we could be talking about multiple wins this year, and I would not be surprised by that um, a, if, if yeah. everything goes the way. If everything goes the best possible way, I think Eric Jones, who again has outperformed what I think he's been driving, especially when you you know they decided they were gonna go to Toyota and they lost Chevrolet factory support. And he was still out there grinding. Like, dude's a good race car driver. I think yeah. he got pushed out of Gibbs maybe a little bit too early, kind of akin to Joey Logano all those years ago. And this is, I think, his opportunity to really rebound and really surge. As far as somebody that needs a breakout here, Daniel Suarez, yeah. um I think his butt is on the hot seat right now because he's looking over his shoulder at Zane Smith and Shane Van Gisbergen ready to take his ride if he doesn't perform this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he was the original driver for Track House. You know, he has the connection with Pitbull. Like he's the one that really helped start this team. And it is a reason why they got off the ground. But Ross Chastain has far passed him by. And yes, he had the great win at Sonoma a couple years ago, but did virtually all of nothing this past season while Ross Chastain went out there and won a couple more races and ended the season in victory lane. And I think he's primed for another great season this year. And Daniel Suarez, you gotta step it up, bud, because you got two. Highly talented drivers behind you that again, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how track house is going to juggle all this unless they go out and buy more charters. Um, but you got two very capable guys that could take your ride in 2025 if you're not careful, Yeah. yeah. So, um, we'll see what uh, what Daniel Suarez can do in 2025. Um, now we get to the point of the video where we make our very far off prediction as we sit here, February 2nd. So, we are what, nine months away from the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you remember how many we got right last year, each one of us? Oh, we didn't pick any of the champions right. Okay. So we, we usually pick the champions, but also this year want to pick, at least for the Cup Series, who our championship four are going to be. So, and I'm going to write this down so I make sure that we remember it. Um, give me your Truck Series champion.
1: Um, if I'm being a thousand percent honest, I don't even really know who's in the truck series. I, I just, I, I, after last year, I got so checked out with the truck series. Yeah. Um, this is just because I know he's running trucks. I'll go Ben Rhodes. That's just, I, I, that's I know it's a a gimme pick, but I really don't know who.
0: Yeah. The funny thing about the truck series is I feel like when we get to Daytona for race number one, it's like learning all over again. Cause like yeah. the field is, is, um, is brand new and you got so much turnover and you're obviously losing, um, you know, GMS racing and all that kind of stuff. And, and by the way, the way the truck series ended last year was just a freaking mess that I, I have never, cause that race went to like one in the morning I had to get up early the next day. Like I've never voluntarily like turned off a race before. But I just got so frustrated with that when I was like, okay. I don't care who wins the championship at this point. Give it to whoever. That's fine with me. Right. So, um, But I'm going to go with the guy that won the championship season. You know, I'm going to go with Corey Haim going back to back. Okay. Moving up to the Xfinity series now, where is it weird? And I guess it's because the championship is a little more randomized with this format. I keep forgetting that Cole Custer won the championship. Yeah. Like, it just keep, yeah, it completely slips my mind. Yeah, it's... um, Yeah,
1: you just kind of forget that... I know, this seems weird. It's like, you've got a much better NASCAR memory than I do, but watching back that Netflix series, I was like, dang, I did forget that happened last year. I didn't right. even know. But, um... Alright, my Xfinity pick, my heart wants to go with Justin Allgaier. Because <laughs> just one of these days, I think the man's going to win the championship. Um, but... I'm going to go with his new teammate, Sammy Smith.
0: Okay. I think
1: that's going to be a match made in heaven. It was, I thought he ran really well with Joe Gibbs Racing last year at times. Um, you know, we know when when JRM is rolling, you know, they've got the best cars in the field. Um, we'll see what happens.
0: Well, and by the way, I had a complete brain fart. Corey Haim did not win the championship last year. It was Ben Rhodes winning another championship. Yeah, that's but- right. Yeah. I wasn't
1: going to say it, but I was thinking, I was like, he was
0: in a Ford yeah. last year? That's, that's my mistake. I'm picking Corey Heim for the Truck Series Championship. He should have won. Yeah. Though, uh, yeah. Things went a little differently in that championship race, but Ben Rhodes won the championship last year, so you're expecting him to go back-to-back. If you're going to leave Justin Allgaier on the table, I could pick this every single year yeah. just because I think it's, you know, he's got to get it at some point, and he keeps coming so close. I'm going to pick Justin Allgaier. All right, and then with the Cup Series, like I said, I want to not only do the champion himself, but also the championship four. So give me your championship four in the Cup Series.
1: All right, championship four, I'm going to go with Kyle Bush. Okay. Denny Hamlin. Okay. Kyle Larson.
0: Okay.
1: And William Byron.
0: All right, not a bad group there. <laughs> Should okay. I? Should I ask the question of, is this Denny Hamlin's year? No, I'm not picking him. Okay. Um, For my championship four, I like the pick of Kyle Busch. I'm also going to agree with you on um, Kyle Larson. Tyler Reddick really impressed me this past season. I'm going to put him in there as well. And I just feel like there's always the one person in the championship race that nobody sees coming. And I was blown away with what, Chris Busher did this past year. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put Chris Busher in my final four. Okay. So with that, who is your champion? Kyle Bush. You stole mine. Really? I will have to go with option B. I am going to go with Kyle Larson. Okay. I do think I got a weird vibe this year around Kyle Bush. Like, I just think he's primed for a breakout, like not a breakout year, just like. A monster year because it looked like he was going to do that this yeah. past year with winning it at Auto Club in week number two and getting three wins in the first half of the season. We're like, oh my god, like this dude is destined for that third championship, and obviously it didn't happen. But I don't know, just so- something about it. I have a good feeling. Yeah. About him. Well,
1: and one of the things too, and and I don't know how much it actually weighed on him, but you know, he wins the two early races in the year, and then you know, you talk about him potentially selling kbm and that came out of left field but obviously negotiations were long going i wonder if that was some kind of a distraction for him last year potentially
0: um it's possible um it definitely you know was something that he talked about wanting to keep for a very long time until Brexton came up and um, when he sold it to spire that was surprising talk about all the changes going on in the truck series um it's possible um and not having to deal with that that takes something off of his plate we'll see how much it helps him on the um on the on the Cup Series side, so we'll see. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. Just, I mean, he's perennially always in the mix there, and we'll see. Hopefully, Hendrick has the has the good speed again, and Chevy doesn't fall light years behind with having an older body style. Yeah. Um, with that, we move on to our picks for the class this upcoming weekend. Hopefully, it runs this weekend. Um, obviously, Joe Logano wins in year number one. Martin Trex Jr. wins in year number two. Again, this race, there's there's really no trends to it because it's so different than any other short track race so you can't say oh well this guy's good here and good there that means he's gonna be good at the clash like it's just kind of its own unique thing yeah
1: one of the guys you mentioned in your final four i'm actually gonna pick to win okay. um tyler reddick okay
0: yeah well, I, I think he's in i think he's in for a big year i'm gonna go with the guy that we both had in our final four i think kyle bush gets the year started off with a win in the clash at the coliseum so um Man, glad we're finally back. Glad we're yeah, on well. the cusp of seeing cars on the track again. And and fingers crossed, we actually get to see some racing this weekend.
1: Yeah, hopefully.
0: Hopefully so. So we're back each and every week. And uh, Daytona 500 now just two weeks away. And then, man, we hit the ground running, and it's onward to Phoenix and uh, mm-hmm. see who does end up being the champion. So thanks so much for listening for today's episode of the OSB Podcast. He's Dalton Mullinex. I'm Tyler Head. Catch you next time.